We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Welcome to this Rams podcast. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm with Johnny. Uh, the Rams just lost on Monday Night Football to the 49ers. Oh my god, the intro needs to end. Uh, 24 to 9. <laughs> it's their seventh straight loss in the regular season to San Francisco. Johnny, how, how we doing? You know, man, um, I lost 40 bucks. I, uh, I, I lost a, a lot of pride in this game, <laughs> like many of our other fellow Rams fans. But you know, Steve, there is one silver lining in this whole thing. And it's the most absurd silver lining that I've ever had in my life. Let's hear Because it. the Rams lost so badly, my fantasy football team won because I had the 49ers defense... And it was enough of an ass beating that it projected me to a victory this week when I was literally at, I think, uh, Yahoo percentages had me at like 5% chance of winning. But because we got our asses kicked, I ended up winning in my fantasy football league. So, hey, there's a silver lining, right? Uh, Good for you. Good for you. I had a... Game tonight where I had Debo and Al Robinson going up against Cooper Cup, uh, and I lost by eight points. I think if I played about anyone on my bench besides Al Robinson, I would have won. You know, I only played him because I had some guys injured. I I will never be playing him again. You know, the funny thing is I um, I had some real – real remorse in this game too uh for my fantasy team because i stupidly benched tyler higby in favor of dalton schultz 
You want to know how many points Dalton Schultz got me this week? <laughs> how many? Zero? Fucking zero. You want to know how many Tyler, uh, Tyler Higby had this week? Quite a bit. All, all they do is throw him the ball. I, I mean, that's all they did, really. I mean, other he, he's the only other player that that the that Matthew Stafford throws the ball to that's not named Cooper Cup. And uh yeah, Tyler Higby ended up having 17 fucking points. <laughs> so you can imagine my remorse when literally on Sunday morning I switched from Schultz to Higby. Yeah. But I ended up winning anyway, so it didn't matter. <sighs> Just what everyone wants after a loss is two minutes of other people talking about their fantasy teams. It's the best. <laughs> I I we, mean, we... so uh, had, had the Rams won this game, I think they would have entered sole possession of first place in division. Luckily, the whole division sucks. We're all 2-2, two and two, uh, and the Rams are now in second because we lost to the 49ers. It, just like... The fact that we got the ball, okay, like, through all the shit in this game, <laughs> we got the ball with eight minutes left in a in a one-score game, and we could have won. Through how bad this looked. I mean, this should have been a blowout, but the 49ers are not good, and as a result, they just kept leaving us in the game. We get the ball with eight minutes left, and we throw one of – one of Matthew Stafford's worst pick sixes of his career because all we fucking know how to do, Johnny, is throw screen passes and throw the ball to Cooper Cup. So when you do both in the same play, it is the most predictable fucking play in that you could possibly chalk up in the NFL. And as a result, the defense, because they're a competent defense, makes an interception and seals the game. And obviously we're not going to be able to come back because – we don't know. We we don't do anything. Uh, it is truly, truly just one of the least inspiring and interesting offenses and teams to watch. Because I like I know we have Cooper Cup. I know how good he is. Do something else. It's all they fucking do. Or these little dump off passes to Tyler Higby. <laughs> you know the the funny thing is though is you you figure that with knowing that all this is happening, you would think that they would, I don't know, try and run the ball a little more, you know, when, when the game is within reach at, or at appropriate times, you know, when, when it's like third and one, maybe try running the ball more instead of just doing the same damn play or – how about not running the ball on third and 19 <laughs> to tell you the truth. As soon as the first drive, when the Rams got the first field goal, I kind of knew that it was going to be a long game for the offense because that's, that's exactly what happened. They marched the ball downfield. They ended up getting a third and 19 call. Okay. So the call has to be a pass here, right? Why run the fucking ball at third and 19? You don't have a stellar offensive line to 
to, uh, you know, make that call to run the ball in third and 19 to get even remotely close because your goal should be getting a touchdown, not settling for a field goal. But that's exactly what happened there is they settled for a field goal. And that's what they did for the nine points that they got. They settled for field goals. It's not winning football, you know. Because they were playing like cowards. Like, when Sean McVay doesn't trust his offense, he doesn't, like, he doesn't try to get them going. Like, he just plays so conservatively. And I understand playing conservatively in this type of game because the 49ers games are always just grinded out games. But, like... When you score nine points, you're not going to fucking win the game. And there was a play, uh, and I think they talked about it, and they called it out on the broadcast. It was, I think, right before halftime, the, the Rams ran a play. They didn't get out of bounds, and the clock kept running. There was 30 seconds left on the clock before the two-minute warning, and they just let it run. They just let the clock run instead of trying to get another playoff. And, like, that's fine, I guess. Uh, I mean... Dude, can we talk about the QB sneak on second and third? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? They ran a QB sneak on second and third in the middle of the game. Yeah, it's... uh, There was just so much uninspired football there. I don't know what was more uninspiring was seeing the play calling or just actually watching it on the field. Like, it... And to tell you the truth, based on everything that happened, I was actually surprised that Stafford wasn't picked earlier. I actually kind of made this comment to a couple buddies of mine because they were poking fun at Matthew Stafford. And mind you, while Stafford threw a hell of a pick six, um, I don't necessarily fault Matthew Stafford completely. Uh, In that sequence, I did. But... um, this overall, it's not entirely his fault, but at the same time, it's like, what did you like? <laughs> how long was it going to take the 49ers to figure out? Oh, they're going to dump it off to either Cup or they're going to dump it off to uh, to, to to Higby. Yeah, it, it's it was basically this kind that kind of ball game. We've seen it before under Sean McVay, particularly against the 49ers. Um, and I, I kind of hope that there's some sort of learning from this, but I'm not sure there is because part of the reason is because they don't have the offensive linemen necessary to make what they did last year work. And, you know, some of that is due to injury, but it's also the fault of, of the front office as well for not taking into account that this is going to be a much different offense, not getting the necessary backups. Yeah, it, it's just uh, it's just kind of a shit show at this point. You know, it's crazy that when you have limited draft capital and going in a draft, your priority are to draft gadget luxury players that you don't even fucking suit up when they're healthy instead of addressing depth issues in positions you actually need, and you wind out throwing out whatever cologne dude at center because you have no depth, you're starting Bobby Evans, who you know sucks. You have so much evidence that the guy's not good, 
and somehow you're I know injuries are a bitch, but like you could have tried to address this stuff um instead of just doubling down on things you don't need over the last couple of years and we've gotten by we won a fucking Super Bowl. Like obviously every I like yeah, we can criticize nitpick here and there, but everything they did to get to the Super Bowl worked. But we're starting to feel the you know, the the everything coming back around at us with how little depth there is in the team and just not even attempting to plug a lot of issues. Like just drafting Logan Bruss over the last two years to address offensive line depth isn't enough. Okay. Like you could have addressed it when you picked Tutu. You could have addressed it at other points over the last couple of years. And instead you make suspect draft picks. You invest $45 million in a wide receiver who you don't even look at. You don't, they, they, they talk about on the broadcast how good they are at scheming the ball to Cooper Cup. They're not even attempting to fucking scheme the ball to Allen Robinson. Their idea of trying to get the ball to Allen Robinson is just lobbing it to him in the end zone. That's great that we have that option. It'd be great if he could catch one of them one day, but they don't even look at him, okay? And maybe part of this is on Allen Robinson. Maybe he's just not good, but... You have this guy there. He got tar- he got six targets in this game. He caught two of them for seven yards. A lot of a lot of those came in the garbage time at the end of the game. I don't really think the box score in this game matters, um, and we're gonna run through a lot of it. But like, they aren't trying to get him the ball. Like I, I because I needed him to win a fantasy matchup tonight. I stared at him a lot, and there were plays where you know he got open, and they didn't look at him. And because I I think Stafford is having some of the same issues that Jared Goff had where he has tunnel vision to who he's going to throw the ball to. And that's mainly because he only looks at Cooper Cup. I I mean, he did throw the ball 14 times to Tyler Higbee in this game. But, like, when you look at the target share in this game, Matthew Stafford threw the ball 48 times. 33 of those passes were between Cooper Cup and Tyler Higbee. Like, I don't know, man. Um, I just, they need to just have a game soon where their game plan is to just throw the fucking ball to Allen Robinson. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. You never do it again. But, like, he's there. And, you know, when we had Sammy Watkins, like, he he was, like, more, like, the numbers didn't look good, but, like, They wouldn't throw him the ball. Teams would stop respecting him, and then he would just catch a touchdown. And that would happen like every other game. I think he had eight touchdowns that year. Uh, Even though he wasn't really lighting it up in the field, it opened things up for uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But because they're so good at scheming the ball to Cooper Cup, I don't think they're even attempting to do things like that they did with Sammy Watkins with Allen Robinson. But you're becoming a one-trick pony, and it's so obvious what you're going to do that – like, yeah, the, the box score is great for Cooper Cup. He's playing fantastic. None of this is his fault. But, like, we've played two legitimate defenses this year, and we scored a, 10 points against both of them. Okay, and so we, we're, we're going to play some bad teams this year. We're going to win a lot of games. I'm still not, like, I'm still convinced we are going to play in the playoffs, but uh, my I need to see something against an actual defense 
to just get me like inspired about this team at all. It's and again, like we won the Super Bowl. If we go nine and eight this year and don't make the playoffs, it's fine. Okay, but like it's not fun. Where where's my panic button? Um, I, you know, I used to have the staples button. That was easy button. I I don't know what I did with that, but I, if I had it, I'd be pushing it right now. In fact, I'd be slamming the fucking thing because there's just no way. There's no way that the Rams can continue to play like they have been and make it to the playoffs. There's no way. There is though. They play the Cowboys and the Panthers coming up. They're, they're. I mean, either of those teams can beat us if we play like this, but they're probably going to be four and two in two weeks. I I would hope so because I I know the Rams are a much better team than either of those teams. But at this point, like I don't know, man. I it, it's 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 a tough call because you know while. I don't think that the Cowboys are that good. In fact, I think they freaking suck. I, you know, they're, there's, they're not hopeless. You know, they're not, they're not the Falcons, you know, they're not the Cardinals. So that's, it, it's frustrating, man. I, I, I ultimately think we end up with a W against the Panthers, but it, it's going to be a tough call against, against the Cowboys. Uh, they're three and one. Um, you know, they, they played some bad teams, but beat the Bengals. So, oh man. Um, let, let's just run through this box score, I guess, and we could talk about things happening in this game. Uh, so last week, the Rams, last week, the Cardinals had 81 yards, um, or eight, they, I think they ran like 81 plays. They held the ball. They won the time possession battle and scored 12 points and lost. And just when you thought that would be the most embarrassing thing to happen in the NFC West over the last two weeks, the Rams did the same thing and scored less points. Now, the Cardinals didn't turn the ball over, so maybe it was a little more embarrassing for them. The Rams turned it over twice. They had 257 total yards on 73 plays, averaged three and a half yards a play. The 49ers, meanwhile, had 49 plays. They averaged 6.7 yards a play. <laughs> 327 total yards for them. They didn't turn the ball over. We turned it over twice, though. I mean, the, the... okay, before we talk about anything else, can we talk about, so there was a play, I don't remember when, but Stafford overthrew Daryl Henderson on a screen, and it looked pretty much, it looked like a forward pass pretty clearly, but like it wasn't 100% definitively a forward pass. And Henderson just didn't look at the ball. And I got my Cadillac Williams uh, 2011 Monday Night Football against the Giants PTSD where that happened, and they picked it up and scored a touchdown. And I was like, they need to just fucking pick up the ball. Like, pick up the ball on that play. And so, lo and behold, later in the game, even though it's garbage time, a similar thing happens where Stafford throws the ball forward, but it might be a fumble, and they just kind of, like, stare at it. And nobody picks it up. And we turn the ball over, and the game's definitively over. Just like what, like that's like Jeff Fisher era bullshit, man. And I like hate seeing that. Ooh, yeah, his name's been popping up recently. That's hasn't something it? Jared Cook would have done, dude. Ah, uh, your favorite favorite Ram player of all time. 
I mean, what do you make of 34 minutes holding onto the ball, 73 total plays, scoring nine points and losing by 15? I I think that's freaking terrible. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. That's not even, you know, Rams on a terrible day in last year. You know, that that's that's disappointing. Very disappointing, because, again, this team, I I think we all expected there to be shortcomings here and there. But this is a vastly different team in terms of, well, just about everything um, compared to last year. And it's crazy because a lot of our best players are still here. <laughs> I don't know. I I think a obvious place to start with the, the team stats is, you know, crazy. The Rams were penalized one time for five yards in this game and scored nine points. The offensive line, obviously suspect going into the game. We were missing Brian Allen and David Edwards. Coleman Shelton gets injured very early in the game. And so we're playing three guys in the middle who don't usually play. Was it Cologne, Bobby Evans, and um, fuck, it was Alaric Jackson, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. that was right um they give up seven sacks i i think that's the most on the year and help push the team for 57 yards i johnny give give me your state of the offensive line take right now uh well considering that um gosh i i hope that Coleman Shelton is not going to be out for any extensive time. It's not looking too good, man. Uh, You know, having three starters out and even like, what, what is it like three backups out? You know, that's, that's killing us, man. It's killing us big time because there's no reason why we should have Bobby Evans out there. There's no reason why Jeremiah Cologne should be out there to put things into perspective. Bobby Evans was a fringe cut candidate. Jeremiah Cologne wasn't on the team until recently. And um, AJ Jackson is about the only backup that is good, you know, for a backup, you know, it's, it's not looking good, man. 
Yeah, like I like they gave him seven sacks. I it felt like more, but it also felt like I didn't think they played that horrible because I don't think any of these guys are good. So like when Stafford would have two and a half seconds to throw the ball, I'd be like, oh wow, like get it out quicker, dude. Um, because I don't think these guys are good. So I mean, yeah, they played bad, but like, what do you what do you expect when you're when you're starting Bobby Evans? You know, it's it's I know we don't have a lot of picks by design. We don't have a lot of cap space by design, but when two guys go down and you're playing Bobby Evans, who like you do, you clearly don't believe in, nor should you. What do you what do you expect? Like, what do you what do you expect to happen? Where's Abushi at? <laughs> Play fucking anybody different next game, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, and like Stafford sacked seven times. Him in this game, thirty-two of forty-eight, two hundred fifty-four yards, no touchdowns, an interception. Sacked seventy-seven times, seventy-one passer rating. Somehow, uh, I didn't think he was good in this game. There were no throws he made where I was like, wow. I will say on his two fades to Allen Robinson, they're pretty good throws. You know, they were single coverage. They were good decisions. You like to see Allen Robinson come up with one of those. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's not like this guy was threading the needle tonight. Yeah, it. It the reason why this game sucked overall, not even just because, you know, the Rams are our football team. Uh, the 49ers didn't exactly play exceptionally well either. It's just that, you know, they played good enough to win. Even, like, defensively, I feel like they didn't play that impressive. Eh, no, no, they didn't. Because, like I said, uh, it took the 49ers a lot longer than I thought for them to, to get an interception. And there was multiple times I, I felt like they could have. It's just they didn't get it for some reason or another. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's getting you know getting worried about Stafford. You know that's for sure. Well, he has to have more than just Cup and Higby throw, throwing the passes to him. You know the occasional Skoranek, you know pass. Yay. <laughs> he has that, you know, one pass to uh to just a random player. Yeah, it most of it, like ninety percent of it is is Higby and, and Cup. Yeah, so I'll just run through the receiving box real quick and we can talk about this stuff. Cup went fourteen catches for 122 yards on nineteen targets. Uh longest was of eighteen, so those are pretty insane numbers. Tyler Higby had 10 catches for 73 yards on 14 targets. And then other than that, Skoranek had two for 33 and three targets. Daryl Henderson, three for 12 on four targets. Kendall Blanton had a catch for seven yards and his only target. Cam Akerson catches only target. Allen Robinson, two catches for seven yards on six targets. Long of five for him. So, well, well done, Al. So, like, Tyler Higby played really well. He is not playing well enough to justify getting 14 fucking targets, man. He's not like, it's not like he, like, very solid game. He deserves to be in the mix passing wise. But 14 targets is crazy. He is not that kind of player. He never should be that kind of player. Like, he had a good game. Okay. I'm not saying don't throw him the ball, but like, we're like 
like force feeding him. And maybe part of that was, you know, and it could very easily be all of it is that Stafford was getting pressured or the bad offensive line. He was looking for a safety blanket today. It was Tyler Higby when he couldn't get Cooper cup the ball, which is obviously what he tries to do every time. But like, that's not a, this is not this receiving box score is not a way to win games. I, I mean, if you take, if you take Higby away though, Who's gonna be a safety blanket cup? Maybe already. Yeah, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll force him to actually design plays to get Allen Robinson the football. Oh man, throw! I have to say though, with with Allen Robinson, I, I, I that that he's certainly a much better player than what we've seen this year. But you know, and, and I know some of it is. Uh, the fact that, you know, Stafford needs more than two seconds to, you know, get the ball off, especially to uh, a guy like Robinson. But at the same time, the the few times that they did Robinson, he didn't either. Like, it, it almost looked like he, like he didn't know what to do once he got the football. <laughs> It was like, oh, shit, there's a ball in my hands. The the out route on third and three where he got two yards was, yeah, particularly brutal. That was, that was, was a tough scene. I was scene. thinking, like, <laughs> like he was stuck. He, he stopped in his tracks, man. Like, he was like, I, I don't know what to do from here. Do I run? Do, I, what do I do? Like, Sean McVay, tell me what to do. I just want them to throw him the ball like 12 times. And look, man, that should give us enough evidence to know what the deal is. Like, is he good? Is he not? If he's not good, then sure, he could just be a warm body out there like he was last season. And that'll be great. And we'll have thrown away all of our cap space for this season. It's all Von Miller's fucking fault, man. Because uh, this wouldn't have happened if he just accepted our contract. Folks, don't don't be fooled by Steve. He doesn't want to find out if Allen Robinson's any good. He wants his fantasy football team to do better. No, no because no, because I'm not going to play him, dude. He's not. He's not in my lineup next week. Like, <laughs> I'm. I'm never. I had Josh Reynolds on my bench, dude. I would have won if I played him. Uh, I like. I'm. I'm never playing him again. So that is not my bias here. If he has a blow up game, I'm still not going to play it because I'm not going to buy it for fantasy. Um, and did you see during the game they reported that Odell was in the Giants locker room today, dude? Just like a perfect fucking storm of things we didn't need. I, I It's funny because I, I think that Odell ultimately ends up back over here. But man, he's he's making the Rams sweat, though. Yeah, they said it, it came out quickly after that, like he was just hanging out with people and it was not an official visit and he's not getting signed by the Giants. But like, I did not need to see that today. <laughs> just another thing to raise your blood pressure. Yeah, God, dude. Uh, like, um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on Tutu Active not being out active in this game? Tutu, a- I call him Tutu cut active. Him. Just, yeah, dude. We need sign any offensive lineman that ex that that exists and get rid of him. We, yeah, if if you're healthy, scratching a guy that you expected to contribute, just cut him. 
what's the point? You know, the, the experiment obviously didn't work. And, you know, I, I hate saying that about such a young guy, because let's face it, he's only been in the league for only what a year and some change. So it, it, it's awful to feel that way so quickly, but at the same time, if you're going to healthy scratch the guy, what's the point? Because the next week you have to question, why is he in the lineup? If, if you, if, if he's just going to stand there, you know? Yeah. Someone's going to sign with their practice squad. You'd honestly be doing him a favor. Um, yep. And it was a lot of like, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter after, after he got inactivated. Obviously a lot of us were saying caught him. Um, there were some people who were saying like, well, maybe like they want to go more physical in this game. Like maybe like they wouldn't, they, he, he doesn't make sense game plan wise to be on the active in this game. Like, yeah, no shit. He doesn't make sense game plan wise to be active in any game because you don't do anything with him. I don't know what he's doing there. You like he, they're using Brandon Powell. Like, I think it's clear as fucking day that they're using Brandon Powell and what they hope to use Tutu in, in every aspect of his role on the team. Like, is, is that a, is that a silly thing to say? And that, this is not a knock on Brandon Powell. He's earned that right. But like, you don't need to have both of these guys on your roster. Uh, no, it's, it's not the, it, it's not a silly thing to say at all. It's it, in fact, it's, it's accurate. It's almost as if Sean McVay puts Brandon Powell out there and then has has Tutu like watching Brandon Powell do what he's doing and pointing out to to Tutu, see, this is what you should be doing. And and him not being out there, you know, is just the most frustrating part because yes, I I think that's exactly what, what should be happening here. But at this point, if you're if you're not gonna even bother to to suit him up, cut him. There's no point. I, I saw a tweet. Um, someone said, "It seems like people are rooting for Tutu Atwell to fail." None of us are fucking rooting for the guy to fail. I've never wanted to be more wrong about something. Nobody wants players on the team to suck. We have been happy to eat our words on Ben Skoranek for the last four weeks. It's been great. We shat on the guy all season last year. He's been a productive member of this offense. It's been delightful. I would love for that to happen to Tutu. It's never going to fucking happen. I was cheering for Tutu. You know, during the pre uh, preseason, I'll, I'll, or well, during the offseason in general, throughout the entire offseason, we were just getting you know, quotes about how Tutu has a chip on his shoulder, how Tutu is going to make ev- everybody eat their words, and how Tutu is going to be more involved in the offense. I was like, I was like, all right, man. All right, Tutu, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, that that never even came close to happening. And and this game was evidence of that. I mean, it, like, it, it was set up for him to have a role. Okay, they didn't play him in the preseason. Part of that was injuries. Part of that was McVay. I mean, McVay said, I don't think he would have played if he wasn't injured. One of your three starters is injured at receiver. Okay. Um, and yeah, Skoranek steps into the three role, but Skoranek does not profile out as a guy that should be playing, you know, 90% of the snaps. There should be snaps to go around. And by week four, he can't even be good enough 
considered useful enough by his coaches to suit up. They didn't suit up three active players. Everyone else that was scratched was injured. I think it was Bryce Perkins, him, and what's the DB we just signed? Jolly. Those are the three players that didn't suit up. So, like, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I This is stupid. Just cut him. Everyone, everyone involved in this needs to move on. Van Jefferson's yeah, it, injured. Just, uh, Sean McVay just having to, you know, really, I, I think, because this was Sean McVay's wish, honestly. And, and uh, I think it's kind of more along the lines of him, you know, just having to suck it up and accept the cut. Yeah, just just move on. Just move on. It was a bad pick. We all knew it at the time. It's, it's aged like like milk on a hot sidewalk. Um. On the ground, Daryl Henderson ran seven times for 27 yards. Cam Akers ran it eight times for 30, 13 yards. Uh, Brandon Powell had a great carry for 11 yards. Matthew Stafford ran the ball two times for six yards, including uh, two yards on a QB sneak on second and three. Um, but I will never forget that play. I, like, they didn't. they didn't. Like I, I, people will say, and I think you said it earlier. Like, they didn't really like try to get the ground game going, but like I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like I think it was just unproductive. But part of the problem is they're so predictable. They always just run it on first down. Like that's when they run the ball. Well, for me, it's I can understand why they didn't run the ball particularly much in this game. It, it's kind of predictable to, to not run against the the 49ers because for for one thing they have a hell of a front seven so it, it's understandable for any team not just the Rams but especially considering the Rams O-line is just pretty much you know battered to hell so yeah I I don't expect the Rams to run the football much however I do expect them to at least attempt to run the football at you know different times, not just on first downs or on third and nineteens. <laughs> right, man. I think like so. I think part of the issue here is you know these guys are both NFL players. They're both rotational backs. Neither of them are particularly in- inspiring, and you know like. When the 2020 draft happened and they took Cam Akers and they took Van Jefferson, we came on and said, like, these were not the right players. Um, It wasn't really a knock on any of them. It was kind of a knock on Jefferson. But it was like to draft both of them when you have other positions in need, you have guys at wide receiver. Running back is – we didn't think it was necessary – because of how bloated that receiver draft was at the time, it, it made it made sense to go with a receiver. We didn't love Van Jefferson, but still, like, we don't know shit. We advocated for Denzel Mims, and he sucks. But, like, it seems two years out, we could have used a guy at a position that we actually needed with one of those picks. I think, I think it's pretty safe to say. And, like, with these injuries, with the lack of depth piling up, like, we're feeling the effects of with your three second round picks over two years, you draft two receivers and a running back. Um, 
instead of offensive linemen or defensive linemen or things that you needed with those picks, um, you yeah, like we yeah, we lucked out with Ernest Jones, but you end up with using money to buy spend on Bobby Wagner because you also didn't take a linebacker with either of those picks in these drafts when you had guys there that play. Like I don't know, you are, and it's, I'm not gonna say McVeigh and Snead are awful drafters. You know there are a lot of guys that they've drafted late that have worked out. Like we could talk about Darian Kendrick in a little bit, but you are feeling the effects now, as we feared. Like when we said before the season. And it was not us being no dramatic. Everybody fucking said this. If one of these offensive linemen gets hurt, we are fucked. Now we're without three of them, and we are fucked because we never address this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't say how disappointed I am, particularly at that well selection, considering Creed Humphrey was right there. We it, like it needs to be. It should be said by all of us every week, so they never make this fucking mistake again. Like, what? What a fucking disaster! What a disaster! Um, again, won the Super Bowl. Nobody should be fired for any of this. But like God, dude, it could have just been it could have been avoided. Let let me just say this: if anyone out there is saying that we should fire Les Snead or Sean McVay, just shut up, just just shut the hell up. And they I... they they won a Super Bowl. They took us to a Super Bowl a couple of years back. You're not fire. No one's firing anybody. And like, like people will equate like when we complain about this of like us acting like we can do a better job than them. We can't. They're geniuses. They should be held accountable for their mistakes. Like no matter which president you voted for over the last six years, everyone shits on the president. That doesn't mean I think I could do a better job than anyone that's been president, but that guy is president. He needs to be held accountable to a higher standard as does the, there are 32 NFL GMs in the world. You know, like, they shouldn't be making this kind of mistake. That doesn't mean they should be fired. Less need. I hope he stays here for another 10 years. Um, but, like, it, we mention it so much because of how much we're feeling the effects of not making that decision. You could say hindsight is twenty twenty. In the moment, it was twenty twenty. Uh There are multiple players you could have taken at that pick, at p- positions in need. It's not just Creed Humphrey that would have been helping this team. And we just didn't. And even, like, even, you know, I know Terrace Marshall sucks too. We could have drafted him. I think it would have been a little easier to swallow in the moment, but we still would have been shitting on it, I think, to this level no matter what. Um, Because there's just no need to take a receiver there. No franchise-changing receiver was sitting there at 57. Like, they they weren't. Let's talk about the defense. Um, 
just running through the 49ers box score in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo went 16 to 27 for 239 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers. This is the kind of game Jimmy Garoppolo gets paid to play. Didn't really have to do anything. All he had to do was not fuck it up, uh, and he didn't. So, no sacks. Like, Trent Williams is hurt. What? He's not a mobile quarterback. That's pretty embarrassing. You have the best defensive tackle of all time on your team. You can't get a sack. Yeah, I mean, so here's here's my thing about this whole ordeal. I, yes, losing Trent Williams was massive, and um, this should have been an edge for for the Rams in a way. Uh, should have gotten to Jimmy G a lot faster, um, though. To kind of defend the defensive line a little bit, Jimmy G wasn't doing anything special. He was literally just, you know, passing out to the side, like, and it was working. So why change it up? <laughs> yeah, he didn't need to. Yeah, um, he he really didn't need to do anything special. So that's that's kind of how it went down. But uh, at the same time. I will point this out because I feel like I, I heard the commentators mention this, how um, they had the, the 49ers and the Rams had like even issues with the offensive line. I'm like, no, the fuck they didn't, you know, while yes, losing Trent Williams is their best offensive line. I'll give them that. But the Rams are without three of their starting offensive line and they have Bobby fucking Evans in there. No, Sorry. It is not the same. Not even remotely close. Well, I don't know, because we're comparing Trent Williams to David Edwards, Coleman Shelton, and Brian Allen. Like That's still three guys, though. It's three to one, yeah. So we're dealing with more issues, but... Um, like, let's say if this was last year and we lost Andrew Whitworth and they lost... Coleman Shelton, David Edwards, and Brian Allen, would you still have this take if it was the other way around? Uh, yes, because we still have Joe Noteboom. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I get it, though, but they are also dealing with issues, and they didn't give up a sack, probably because they, well, I was going to say they aren't throwing away draft picks, but they've, they've also thrown away a lot of draft picks on running backs over the last two years, so I'm not going to give them credit on that. Cough, Trent Williams, or not? Wow, I screwed Trace, that one up. Trey Sermon, and they Trace drafted and Trey Lance, not Trent Williams. <laughs> not Trey. Well, they drafted Trey Sermon last year, and he, I think, he got cut. Um, and they drafted another guy in the third round this year, like for no fucking reason, um, because their starter is injured, and they give the ball to Jeff Wilson eighteen times for seventy-four yards and a touchdown. Not saying that's the wrong decision because that's absolutely the correct decision to have him as your feature back right now. Why are you burning draft picks like that? That pick. Um, just so you know, we're not completely biased shitting on the Rams here. I, I'm trying to look up who the guy's name was. Uh, they took Tyrion Davis Price at 93, end of the third round. Like, I, I, I it doesn't seem like he's going to be in the like on the team in two years felt really obviously like a bad pick. It's just, it got, I guess it, maybe it's just guys like Kyle Shanahan or 
Sean McVay gets so enamored with adding like pieces to the offense that they just get away with making these picks when it's just there's no fucking reason to make the pick unless you are that much higher on that guy than everyone on the board. I doubt they felt that way for Tyrion Davis-Price. If the Rams actually felt that way for Tutu Atwell, maybe somebody should be fired because, like, dude, uh, I I don't think they did. Nobody should be fired. Jeff Wilson kind of ran all over us. I know he only averaged 4.1 yards a carry. There were plays where we stopped him. Uh, He did have a 32-yard run, but that 32-yard run was a tough one. You know, Bobby Wagner whiffs. You don't feel good about that? Still, Bobby Wagner and Tack McKinley did stop him on a critical down. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. He made up for it. Um, he made up for it. Debo could have scored a touchdown on the play before. Won my fantasy game. Um, through the <laughs> air. <laughs> They're going to fucking lose anyway, right? Uh, Debo had six receptions for 115 yards. You know, it, to me, it's not a huge deal, like, at a base level that they gave up a 57-yard touchdown to Debo. He's one of the best players in the NFL. Sucks that our best player couldn't do something similar, but he could have been tackled, like, three times after he caught the ball and just wasn't. Uh, Kendrick went for the interception and missed. Taylor Rapp missed horrendously. Um, it's one thing to not tackle Debo Samuel. It's another thing to not tackle him when he's standing still, uh, and Rap just didn't bring him down. And then I think it was maybe Grant Haley who just like whiffed, like went to tackle him and just like fell into a portal to another dimension. Um, I don't want to drag Haley too much because he, I feel like he played an okay game, but like, yeah, when you miss three times in the first, like, Half a second, he tu- he gets the ball. It's Debo Samuel. He's going to run down the field and score. Like, you have to stop him when he catches it. And it's a rookie mistake by Kendrick, you know, to, to go go up for it instead of just tackling him. But you just got you to tackle it, man. To be fair, also, on the defensive side of the ball, I know we're kind of coming down on them also for a good reason. But particularly in the secondary, I got to give him props because despite, you know, letting uh, Jimmy G look at least like a decent quarterback, they still kind of contain them to to an extent. Yeah, and and let me clarify before you finish. Um, This was not the Rams' best defensive game of the season, but I I think they – I don't even consider them 1% responsible for this loss. Like, this was not their fault. They they did enough for the Rams to win this game. There wasn't perfect, but yeah, like yeah, this, this is not on them. It, it kind of makes me wonder though, like <laughs> it, it makes me wonder, like it if defensively anyway, like if it would have been any different had you know their secondary been you know fully intact, you know would would it be any different with Troy Hill out there? Jacoby Durant out there, you know, that would have been a lot more helpful than, you know, Grant Haley or someone like that out there. I would yeah. say I, in this game, though, I don't think the outcome would have changed. No, for surely the outcome doesn't change because the 
the offense actually needs to have a pulse. Yeah, but we could have Ronnie Lott back there, and we would have lost this game. You had to say Ronnie Lott. <laughs> we could add Michael Stewart back there. We would have lost this game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, I I just think that uh, the the D does deserve a little bit of credit here. Um, and I, I got to say, I, I was a little, even though uh, we, we just talked about the, you know, uh, Kendrick giving up that, that uh, touchdown. I, I mean, it wasn't completely his fault. It, Shouldn't have become a touchdown after that, but regardless, um, even though he kind of surrendered that touchdown, he had a pretty solid performance, I felt. You know? I, I, um, I definitely agree. Um Yeah, he it's a six he's a six round pick rookie and he's he's playing big, big plays and he's making plays. You know, the and the the touchdown is, is more on Taylor Rapp than him because you ha you have to make that tackle. Um, but yeah, man, uh, that's your guy, right? He's, he's looking good. Yeah, man. T- Darren Kendrick has looked like an absolute steal in the sixth round. And, uh, you know, to the point, if he continues, you know, maybe you start benching some players, you know, cough David long. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think like with Kendrick and with Kobe Durant, like, I think their ceiling is so much higher than David Long and like their floor is it even low like is it even lower? <laughs> like so like I would rather play both of them. Uh oh, I think no question. What'd you say? No question. Yeah, like or at least mix it up. Um I'm not saying playing over Troy Hill, but he's out for a while. When when we get Durant back, I, I definitely would like to see more of him and I like I like to keep seeing Kendrick. Uh, Grant Haley's looking like he's, he's doing his part, but uh, I don't really want to see more of him when other guys get healthy. I, I yeah, I, I think like, well, listen, Johnny, like what we just said about the offensive line and everything, it's because they've added cornerbacks in the draft. Like they've ta- they've looked at, like they've said, we're losing guys. We need to add depth. We'll see if some stuff works out. And they're really good at drafting uh, defensive backs. You know, they, they've only missed missed under Snead a, a small handful of time. And the misses they've had weren't consequential. I don't know who has been Les Snead's offensive line scout. Maybe bring in somebody else to help out. Yeah, I, I think we need to bring that kind of attention to offensive line next year and not just draft one guy Um. (laughs) in in like dude like when you really break it down right (laughs) we drafted bobby evans in the third round and david edwards in the fifth it's because that year we chose to take a couple shots at offensive linemen the one we expected to work out didn't and the one that you know they probably weren't super high on is the one that worked out and so it's like just you have to take shots when you need them, and you know, I, I keep going back to Tutu Atwell, but it's like that wasn't a shot that you needed to take, and you only take that shot if the guy if if the guy is a blue chip prospect. Like when they took Cam Akers at fifty two, I could really see them having felt that he was that guy, and so I'm okay with that. 
I just there's no part of me that believes they actually felt that about Tutu. Like there's no way. And so there's other guys like Creed Humphrey was a guy that lots of people were high on that fell. That is is at a position that even if like even if you like Brian Allen as your starter for 2021, that's fine. Still a position that could use help under any circumstance. And so like that's just when you see guys like this, like because they've done such a good job at the secondary, like you need to put that effort into other spots. Um, looking at the, the defensive box score for us, Bobby Wagner at ten tackles. Uh, you know, we we dragged him for that one touchdown, but I'm glad he's here. You know, like I'm, I no regrets there. Aaron Donald, I think, had a good game. Wasn't his best game, but like he never has a bad game. So when he has, when we sit here and say he has a good game, it's almost like, well, it could have been better. But, uh, but, but not responsible for the loss by any means. To be honest, though, like, um, one of the reasons why I feel like the Rams were in this game as well was not just you know, the defense, can th- not just the corners, you know, kind of s- sticking to uh, the receivers, but also the linebackers, man. Uh, when you think about it, really, Kittle didn't have much of a presence in this game. That, that's a great point. I didn't read their receiver box score. Like, Debo had six for 115. Obviously, that a lot of that came out of chunk play. Beyond that, uh, Brandon Ayuk had four catches for 37 yards, on, but he caught all of his targets. But, yeah, Kittle... Two catches for 24 yards on four targets. And tight end has historically been a position of weakness for us because our inside linebackers have historically been a weakness for us. So, like, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because you're right. Uh, Kittle is a guy that has destroyed us in the past, and he didn't do anything tonight. Yeah, I I was real happy to see that. And, of course – a lot of that has to do with, you know, the presence of Bobby Wagner. Uh, I, I think the 49ers realize just how dangerous he can be. And um, they didn't they didn't really even think to include him. Not that they really needed him to, but, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting not seeing his name called out that much. Yeah, it's, it's definitely positive. Um, bringing in Bobby was the correct decision. The, you know, we say all this stuff about the offensive line and you could have addressed it more, but uh, signing Bobby Wagner was the correct decision because now you have two legitimate inside linebackers and the defense is working. You know, you gave up 24 points this game. Seven of them came on a pick six. The defense is doing its thing. I think this is a good defense. And I think if the offense can figure it the fuck out, this team can get back to a Super Bowl. But... They have a lot to figure out. They have a lot to figure out. Um, Aaron Donald, the only QB hit in this game. So, like, when, when, you, when you don't get a ton of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he, he's not a guy that's going to make mistakes unless he's forced to because he knows that's how he wins games. And so that kind of is what it is. Um, is there anyone else on the defense you wanted to hit on? Just that 
what happened to Ashawn Robinson? <laughs> like when you when you look back at it, you look back at him in the playoffs, and you're like, damn, this guy looks like a force to be reckoned with. And, and I know he didn't exactly have a great start to the season last year, but my God, I was thinking this is going to be a scary good defensive line next year if this is the same Ashawn Robinson that shows up. When, when you're have playing, you heard his name called at all this year? No, he had two tackles in this game. You know, when you're playing alongside two future Hall of Famers, it's it's a lot easier to be good. And now that we're down to one, God forbid, uh, I haven't been impressed with anyone on the defensive line this year besides Aaron Donald. No, nobody, no, like, I'm not saying that, like, these guys are stinking it up, but nobody's jumped off the page. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know, I know Lewis has played better, but I don't even see his name in the box score. Was he active? Was he hurt? Uh, I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, like, Floyd had five tackles. Uh, Justin Collins at three. Got him in a fight with Tack McKinney on the sideline. Um, I'm curious about that. I wonder what went down there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, if, Mc, if McKinley's not on the team next week, then I think we know that he's <laughs> instigated that. But uh, I feel like he will be on the team. Yeah. What are the alternatives? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, like, are we on the same page that this is – I'm not I'm not going to say this is an absolute elite defense in the NFL, but this defense is good enough to go all the way with. They they have to work out some kinks in the secondary. They have to work out some stuff on the offensive front, but they sh- like if we have the offense that we should that we need to have, I think the defense can get it done. I don't think there's there's a big drop off in the pass rush this year, I think, but like overall, I don't think there will be a massive drop off from what we looked like last year. Um, maybe we've been gone for a while. <laughs> Anything else? Any thoughts on the Cowboys? Uh, just that I'm interested to see if Dak is going to actually be healthy enough God, to play. God, dude, that would suck. Take another week, Dak. You need to, you need to get to 100%, 10%. You know, to tell you the truth, though, I don't know if if Dak is, is better than Cooper Rush. Okay, Johnny, if... <laughs> I know I'm striking a nerve here with with uh, Steve, but uh... if Matthew Stafford rolls his ankle tomorrow, and we have to play John oh. Wolford for three weeks, uh, you know, let's let's call two, and he goes two and zero. He beats the Panthers and the Cowboys. He plays well. Are you going to sit here and say that you think he he might be better than Matthew Stafford, who hasn't played well this year in his two and two? The difference, though, is we've proven that we can win with Matthew Stafford. They've proven that they can win with Dak Prescott, dude. What have they won? <laughs> They've won lots of games. I know they haven't won anything, but 
They, they, Stop they won. It. Stop they, it. They won the NFC East. That's not an accomplishment. I. He's not the problem. Yes, you're right. I don't think he's completely the problem, but man, I don't know. I I have my serious doubts about Dak. Now, is it an overreaction saying that Rush might be better than Dak? Of course, but at the same time, like you you expect more from Dak. And while yes, injuries can't can't play a part in the decision making. But even when healthy, it's not like he's been like blowing the league away either. So, so you're you're just saying you're buying Cooper Rush stock? Uh, not so much buying Cooper Rush as selling <laughs> Dak Prescott. I mean, I mean, look, Cooper Rush for a backup quarterback who's probably not that good. He has four touchdowns and zero interceptions in his three games that he's played. Uh, so, in three wins, in three wins. So, three wins. Okay, so if you were going to bet on the Rams to beat the Cowboys next week, do you feel more comfortable doing it with Cooper Cooper Rush playing or Dak Prescott playing? Cooper Rush. Uh, yeah, exactly. But still. I, I have to say I'm not all that nervous if, if Dak steps in because, like I said, when Dak was healthy, it's not like he was lighting the league on fire either. I'm not because the Cowboys' offense is fucking garbage. <laughs> I And I think it's about time, like, they cut Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. Um, Dude's making way too much money. And not doing much in the process. Tony Pollard has literally become the better backup or be- better uh, starter. Yeah, well, like the I, I mean, Tony Pollard's better. I'm not like Tony Pollard's fine. Zeke's washed. Uh, Ceedee Lamb is pretty good. I think he's a little overrated today. Um, the rest of the receivers are bad. Yeah, you know, Gallup's yep. all right, but like they, they they're not it. I I don't. For all we've said about like the Rams, <laughs> for all we've said about the Rams adding too many receivers over the last couple of years, it's like insane that they didn't add a single wide receiver this offseason. <laughs> I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they target Odell also. Yeah, I mean, like Will Fuller's out there for free. Just give him a minimum. At the same time, the minute they sign him, he'll probably yeah, go out like, with an injury. It's better than nothing. I don't know. Um, they already have Michael Gallup, man. Do they need a Will Fuller? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they? I can't believe they're 3-1. You know that we would, we, what would we be in? We'd be in last in the NFC East if you replaced us in Washington. That is interesting. Wow. Yep. Uh, the Rams have the same record as the Jets. The Jags, you know, are still better than the Raiders. So, you know, that going for us. That's always fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, we won't be back this week. So, get your next pod from Derek. Uh, it's 1230. I'm going to bed. Uh, sure to follow us on Twitter, at C. Rivero, at Johnny5.6. 
uh, at Talk Rams. Sorry, I'm tired. Goodbye. How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, but you personally, I think we ain't done yet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.